Welcome aboard. It's time to pick up your board. Swim out into the sea of ideas. See if you can't catch that sales pipeline as it's starting to curl up over the horizon. Today we have a new surfer with us. Well, he's been here before. He's uh, he's our guest host, uh, Brian Hansford. Hey, Brian. How are you doing? Uh, it's good to be here. Um, good you to get- come off the bench and fill in for Matt Hines here at Sales Pipeline Radio. I always enjoy it. I'm really looking forward to my conversation with Jeffrey today. This is going to be interesting. So, hi, everybody. My name is Brian Hansford. I am a Vice President of Marketing Performance here at Heinz Marketing. And uh, occasionally, I come off the bench and fill in for Matt Hines on Sales Pipeline Radio. Um, he uh, he gets uh, booked all over the place, and it's always a pleasure for me to um, interview um, some of the great marketing minds and sales pros out there in the business. Uh, there's always something to learn. There's always a great conversation. And today, I am really excited to welcome Jeffrey Roars, who is the Chief Marketing Officer with Yext. And uh, Jeffrey, welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Hey, uh, Jeffrey, I'd like to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you're doing at Yext. Sure. So uh, I serve as our Global Chief Marketing Officer, and uh, we are the leading digital knowledge management platform with a mission to give companies control over their brand experience across the entire digital universe of maps, apps, search engines, voice assistants, and other intelligent services that are driving consumer discovery, decision, and action today. So in practice, that means that a customer of ours like Arby's manages their uh, brick-and-mortar location information, store hours, menus, other types of information that consumers are looking for on mobile devices and other services, ensures that that is correct, not just across the third-party ecosystem, but also across their own website and app. Really going to want to dive into this a little bit, but um, I was looking at your background on LinkedIn. I always like to get a, a feel for who who I'm talking to, and you have a you have a fascinating background, a, a lot of executive experience, um, Salesforce, uh, Exact Target, um, and it also looked like you got your law degree almost simultaneously when you got a master's degree. Is that correct? I did. I did a dual degree program at uh, Boston University because uh, I knew. Uh, I'd go insane if I just did a law degree. So I tacked on a master's of mass communication when uh, they had rolled out this state-of-the-art Power Macintosh lab circa 1994, and we started using this thing called the Internet. So it was where I caught the bug and where I quickly learned uh, that despite having to go and need to be an attorney to pay off some school loans, uh, I was probably not long for that world. Uh, that's that's Alex. Uh, and you know just ironically I saw that you were actually a DJ at one point too uh, at the greatest radio station in the world right yes so uh, <laughs> during college I worked at uh, 97x WOXY BAM the future of rock and roll and the reason I say the BAM part is it was featured in Rain Man for those who saw that Dustin Hoffman Tom Cruise movie uh, nice. Dustin Hoffman's character repeats that on the bridge uh, quite a bit it was an amazing experience, uh, commercial alternative radio station when there were very few in the country breaking all sorts of artists and uh, gave me uh, a lot of uh, experience kind of speaking to the microphone, but also understanding audiences and that kind of line of business. Yeah, so let's 
drill into that and go down that path here. Um, so over the next uh, 25 minutes or so, we'll just have a conversation. And, you know, especially in the B2B marketing world, um, I'm, I'm curious what you're seeing, especially with Yext, if there's some context there that could be helpful for our audience, where what are some of the biggest challenges you see in, in B2B marketing and sales, you know, from an integrated brand experience because I you know from my own experience working with clients or even as a consumer or a b2b customer myself um, I, I you know I it, it's really challenging to get that integrated consistent experience in b2b um, what what do you see out there and what 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 are some of your ideas and how do you approach that? Well, I think the biggest, you know, if we were to go agnostically and talk about any B2B uh, company kind of in the software SaaS space, the biggest challenge right now is cutting through the clutter. Today alone, I have probably deleted and or filed, I would say, 20 to 30 uh, unsolicited uh, email outreach efforts from BDRs at companies trying to sell uh, Yext, MarTech across the, the realm. In addition, you know, I'm, I'm at to actually Salesforce Connections in Chicago today, and you can just walk the floor and see the myriad of companies that are vying for attention. And so that that's the main challenge is how do you gain mindshare and how do you create awareness when the explosion of MarTech has only been increasing? I think the, the Loomiscape is now up to over something like 7,000 companies in a MarTech, AdTech kind of space. So that's the number one challenge, and then that gets to the second part of your question around brand consistency, because brand consistency creates a recognition in your target audience over time, whether that is in person, whether that is in a digital ad, whether that is in content that gets in front of them, an event they attend. Having a a really strong, consistent brand voice, uh, brand identity, uh, consistent content, the value, uh, those are all things that help that ability to cut through the clutter, be remembered, and ultimately create engagement, whether that's first touch or 50th. Another challenge uh, that I commonly see is an experience, frankly. The marketing message is one thing, um, but then when I talk with or engage with sales, it's something totally different. It starts we start going down a different path, different messages start to appear. And is is there a way that sales and marketing, at least what you see, that they can build that, not only alignment for the workflow and the process and, and building pipeline, but I guess alignment in how they can engage with customers. So it's more a more consistent experience for them. Certainly, it's an evolutionary process. Every company is going to be dealt a different hand of maturity of sellers, maturity of product, maturity of marketing message. In light of that, you have to structure and essentially prioritize your efforts based on where your organization is. We have an added complicating factor at Yext in that we are pioneering a space, the space of digital knowledge management. So it is very much an education sale, which means that sales enablement is critical. Uh, we're bringing on... Uh, I, I liken it to, you know, we're bringing on this this all-star caliber sales talent from across the SaaS ecosystem, be it sellers who have experience at Salesforce or Oracle or Adobe or wherever. 
but you have to train them to play the same game. And the same game is selling to marketers and then selling Yext, educating as to the product and educating as to the space that we define as digital knowledge management. To do that, you need a great relationship uh, with the, uh, the VP or EVP of RevOps and their sales enablement team. But there is a third group in addition to sales and marketing that has to be at their table at the table and in fact driving a lot of this around product and that's going to be your strategy and product team. And so those three groups in unison help establish the prioritization, the messaging, first call decks, those types of things that do create that brand consistency. But to your point, there's always going to be variation. Uh, I don't I don't want sellers to be robots uh, out in the field. I want them to be understanding the personas and the needs in the room and tailing our message appropriately and consistently uh, based on what they're, they're seeing and they're, and they're hearing. To the extent that you create script readers, you're creating a problem because they're not, you're not creating a sales force that's capable of asking really great questions, being curious, and getting the information out on the table that allows you to sell better. And that's, that's not right. as a part of a marketing script. That's part of a sales enablement process. So uh, we're fortunate, Yex, we've got really good collaboration there. And, uh, again, it's evolutionary. You know, every day, every week, every month, every year, you try and get better at that. The way uh, you describe your category, digital knowledge management, or is that – say that again, how it, or describe how the category that Yex fixed in – or fits sure. in, excuse so, me. The easiest way to break it down is we are a source of truth platform that companies can use to manage public, structured facts about their locations, their professionals, such as doctors, insurance agents, real estate agents, their menus, if they're in the food service industry, their services, if they're in the service industry, and now uh, also our first-party reviews we have capabilities on, and we also have a... Uh, product and beta called Yext for events. So we specialize in structured public facts. That's critical because what we're trying to do is flip the paradigm from a world in which everything, you just wait for everything to get indexed by a search engine spider uh, or, you know, sucked in from some sort of aggregate data source and instead put the company in charge of publishing that out, injecting that directly into the Google ecosystem, the Apple ecosystem, the Microsoft ecosystem, all of these different ecosystems that then use that information across the apps, maps, directories, voice assistants that consumers are using today. So what it does is effectively future-proofs the business because you're, you're managing all of this factual data that consumers want. They want it in real time, and they want it increasingly in granular ways. They want to know who's the restaurant, that has four or more stars that is gluten-free within, you know, two miles of uh, my hotel here in Chicago. We believe fundamentally the company should be in charge of that information in order to ensure that the consumer gets perfect information everywhere. Interesting. So for a platform like that, I would imagine there has to be a significant data model strategy, data management strategy in place, because there could be so many attributes you could use to describe your business in a structured manner and have that published 
through so many different channels. Uh, do you are how how are companies able to I guess think about that, develop that? Is that a, a significant effort? Is that an obstacle for you um, when you're working with your customers? How I mean, what's the generally what's the approach um, in in uh, how you see your customers moving forward and uh, you know taking on Yext for example as a platform to help them. Um, and then push that out. You know, what's what does that effort require, and how do they specifically manage the data to take full advantage of what what the platform can offer? Sure. So there are two sides to that equation. One is how does the uh, how does our our customer coming on board manage their digital knowledge? So let me set that aside, and I'll answer that second. The first one is how do we get that data and manage it with the services themselves. And that's where we do the heavy lifting. So we're trying to create this update once, publish everywhere kind of model. And so in doing that, we have negotiated and have direct integrations with all of these ecosystems that I was mentioning. And their ecosystem digests structured data in a very specific way. So we're not building uh, the schema on our side. We're following schema.org, we're following their uh, ingestion rules and regs, if you will, to ensure that our consumers' information, those facts, those granular pieces of information that consumers need, align and are appropriately displayed to them. And as those services expand the type of facts that they want to digest, so for instance, last year, last August, Google added a new LGBTQ-friendly attribute that you can essentially flag your business as being friendly to the LGBTQ uh, community. That's not an attribute anybody has sitting in a database anywhere, but it's something that can be supported in our uh, system, and now within Yext, you can turn that on or off. So they're expanding the things that people are looking for. So we manage that side of it, and it is built and structured to what ultimately those services need. Now, the business itself needs to be getting its house in order because they've never had to manage this data at scale in a singular fashion. In fact, we will have new customers, when we're onboarding them, come to us with like 10 different sources of data that conflicts with each other. We had a, a major retail co come on board one time and give us their quote unquote source of truth data file, and 20 to 30% of the locations were either closed or had relocated. And so this is solving for a problem they know they have, they just didn't have a solution. So it's a fun place to be in. And I guess the last piece of it is we can create structured fields that are um, parallel those that exist out in these services, but they are perhaps just for internal purposes. Uh, and there are some grocers we work with, for instance, internationally, who have additional fields like halal, kosher, et cetera, things that they can't push out in the system on the services that they want to right now, but they're using it for internal purposes. Uh, because once you have all of this source of truth data, you can integrate it with internal systems, you can integrate it with other SaaS platforms, uh, and you think about where all of that location, menu, other information becomes relevant, and you begin to see it as both an external uh, resource as well as an internal resource. That's interesting stuff, that, and that's, that's definitely heavy lifting, um, a lot of work there. Um, everybody, I am speaking with Jeffrey Roars, Chief Marketing Officer with Yext, and we're on Sales Pipeline Radio. We're going to take a break here for just a few seconds and be right back and close out this conversation. Thank you. 
In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. All right, back to Brian and his guest. Hi, everybody. Brian Hansford here. Vice President of Marketing Performance at Heinz Marketing. I'm filling in for Matt Heinz today, uh, who normally hosts the Sales Pipeline Radio. And I am uh, right in the middle of a really interesting conversation with Jeffrey Roars, who's the Chief Marketing Officer with Yext. And um, Jeffrey, what, you know, you were talking about the the Yext platform and the the data management approach and uh, what's involved there and I'm, I'm interested to hear what you're seeing with your clients, getting into the good stuff here. What are some of the results that you're seeing? Or that your clients, well, I should guess, I, I should say, are what are they seeing with using taking this approach? You know, one of the first things you see is that uptick in foot traffic uh, to locations because you're essentially eliminating the information that's incorrect in the ecosystem and eliminating the friction for people to find correct information. And we all know that you know our, our smartphones have become an extension of our brains and, and our, our personal navigation system. So that's a huge win. Uh, what's interesting, though, is our, our analytics uh, give you a deeper level of understanding of how you are really impacting the business because they're showing you analytics that you've never been able to get access to before. And that's because when we negotiate the data partnerships, we're actually negotiating uh, a, a feedback loop to understand things like how many call requests are coming from your listings or local pages. How many requests, if you if you happen to put the uh, request Uber button on a page, we can tell you how many uh, requests for Uber are coming through uh, your listings, your pages. And so it's almost this, uh, it's this data layer that's been hidden from you that gives you amazing uh, information that allows a marketer to better support the fact that, hey, the investment not just in Yex is important, but you can begin to see how does your other media impact that. Because you're paying, you know, if you're a large enterprise kind of customer with brick and mortar, you're probably paying an awful lot for uh, media. And you want that media to be driving impact. Uh, and that's ultimately what we, we showcase. And, and it's important to recognize that the website remains critically important, but it's shrinking in terms of how what percentage of the brand touches it actually gives your prospects or your customers people are more often in our own research shows about 70 percent of the time or greater your brand interactions are happening off your site on these third-party services 
And that stands to reason because when I look for something for lunch, I'm not going to the company's website. I'm going to whatever's on Google or Apple Maps, et cetera, and I'm interacting within that ecosystem. So uh, it, it is it is really cool because, again, it gives you this insight you haven't been able to have before about these other types of interactions that are actually driving customers into the doors. Uh, I like how you aren't anchored just to the website with you know the massive universe of different apps out there that any businesses can be indexed with you know it's it uh, it sounds like there's a lot of flexibility that um, your your structured content can be published or proliferate into those apps so you know essentially you're you're taking advantage of the ever-changing universe of apps that are that are out there and not just being anchored to a website or to your laptop you know you're you have uh, you have that flexibility and that diversity I guess of making information available um, to your customers um, wherever they may be and whatever apps or devices they're using. But then on the flip side, as the marketer, as the business, you actually get the data that will help you to respond to or adjust accordingly, measure what's working or identify some opportunities. Absolutely. I mean, case in point, do you know what the fastest uh, adopted technology of the last 25 years is? In terms of consumer <laughs> no, technology. yeah, and I'm sure I'm going to be shocked here. It's probably something it's, I just wouldn't even guess. It's voice assistant speakers. So you know, Amazon huh. Echo, Google Home, these things have proliferated like rabbits. Completely changes the game when a consumer is asking for things in a voice query as opposed to a text query, because it becomes much more natural language. It becomes much more serendipitous. And it's also different on device. I, I speak differently to Siri on my phone than I would say uh, Google Home on a Google Mini uh, in my living room. And so, you know, when you think about managing for those things, once you've got this, these public facts, the structured information about your business, the digital knowledge right, you're publishing out to all of those sources. So you're really optimizing for these new environments where consumers are seeking to interact with your brand. I just had a vision in my mind where, okay, if we have these different uh, voice-assisted uh, devices, does that mean that some of them have different dialects, different ways, you know, the, the, the natural language way of speaking to them that some of them can pick up certain queries easier than others or you have to talk to them a, a, a different way? It was, I don't know, it, was, it seems so strange well, it, to be able to it, talk to a device actually, like that, right? Yeah, there's actually been some really good comparative uh, research done about, you know, which services are better for which types of things, as you might imagine. You know, uh, Alexa, Amazon Alexa is um, amazing for e-commerce kind of questions and, and, and things of that nature. It also has probably the largest skill set, third-party skill set built up, whereas Google has deep information because it's built upon the world's largest, you know, arguably best search engine. And, you know, Apple uh, Siri is incredibly good at music. But as these things, as each of these assistants evolve, they will evolve more towards a common understanding of the world. But there will be differences in personality and knowledge set, if you'd like. And then, of course, you have the whole issue of language itself. In China, uh, one of the kind of the copycat speakers is, uh, <laughs> and, I, and it's not a joke. It's called the Ling Long Ding Dong. And you have to ask it <laughs> questions in Mandarin, and you say Ling Long Ding Dong, and then ask the question in Mandarin. 
it's going to be very interesting to see how these proliferate because I, I, I think it's going to take uh, the estimates uh, are something like 50% of searches by uh, 2020. Uh, already it's well over 20% of the searches across mobile uh, devices for Google. So it'll be interesting to watch this trend and see where voice search settles in and is of most critical importance for business. Well, and the, the data management issue or the, just that challenge in managing that, that natural language data, what's coming in and finding the patterns, that's mind-boggling. That's just a fascinating, huge, enormous problem, it sounds like. Well, and that's, um, and that's but, why we like to flip it around because the easiest way to think of it is if a consumer is asking a question that is relevant to your business and it's an objective fact, don't you want to be the source of truth for that fact? That's yes. the paradigm flip we're trying to make. I, again, in, in using the platform, fixing your listings, doing local pages, all of these things, it builds towards a world in which you become that source of truth. But it also creates a new responsibility, and that is to actively manage this data every single day because these services will only get closer and closer and closer to real time such that the consumer goes to your door and you're closed because the manager went home sick and it's not reflected on the digital channel they just used to get there, that's a problem in their mind. That impacts your brand. Absolutely. There's no way you can do a set and forget with this type of uh, a data challenge. There's just exactly. no way. It would have to be very active, very dynamic data management to be able to make that work. Fascinating. Jeffrey, I want to switch gears here just a little bit with the last couple minutes. Um, I see that you wrote a paper with Jay Bear. And yeah. our audience, big fans of Jay's, and tell us a little bit about that, and where can we find that? Sure. So it's called the Everywhere Brand, uh, and if you just Google the Everywhere Brand and uh, Jay and Jeff, you will get a link to be able to download it. And it was this idea that we were looking at uh, what was happening with that brand interaction on the website and off, and seeing it shift dramatically to more brand interactions happening off your website than happen on. And what does that mean to then the idea of brand? And it's the idea that you have to have this ubiquitous brand that has consistency uh, across all of the digital touch points. But then you also have to build innovation and these five other tenants into the way that you approach branding today. You know, our aspiration is to help our customers become an everywhere brand, one where they are confident they are having correct information everywhere, but also that they are positioned to have the kind of responsive interactions with customers when and where they need them. Now, where can we get this paper? Where, where do we find it? So Google, now is that also available yeah, on to, uh, the Yext website? Yext.com. Yeah, if you go to Yext.com and you look in our resources section, we've got it there. You can also just Google, put it in quotes, the everywhere brand. And in fact, also on YouTube, uh, there is a uh, video of Jay and I presenting that at our Onward user conference last fall. So you can just Google the Everywhere brand on uh, YouTube and you should be able to watch that as well. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad I found that. You know, I uh, I like looking uh, looking background for people that I'm talking with and, and, and having a conversation with Pipeline Radio. And I've really enjoyed talking with you, Jeff. What you guys are doing and, and the vision that you have in that everywhere brand, I can see just the implications of what this what this means, not only for consumer brands, but for businesses, you know, and B2B marketing as well, the opportunities and also the challenges that are out there. So 
We're just at the very early days of what's going on around marketing technologies, and um, I'm very excited and interested just to watch and see what you guys do at Yext. Um, so, Jeff, Jeff Roars, CMO with Yext, I really appreciate your time today, Jeff. Look forward to seeing some great things from you guys. If anybody in the audience has any interest in learning more about um, everywhere brand engagement and the technology platforms that can assist with that, highly encourage you to check out uh, yext.com and also reach out to Jeff. Uh, fantastic uh, ideas and a lot of information there and how there's a way to actually engage with your audience. So, Jeff, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for the conversation. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio from the good folks at Matt Hines Marketing right here on the Funnel Radio Channel.